Let there be praises tonight or today, Father. We thank you, Jesus. We praise you, Father. Hallelujah. For today's meditation, let us uh, turn our Bible to the Second Kings, chapter 6, verses 8 through 18. Second Kings, chapter 6, verses 8 through 18. And I'm going to read it through um, using the message uh, version of the Bible. <clears throat> Praise Jesus. One time when the king of Aram was at war with Israel after consulting with his officers, he said, at such and such a place, I want an amber set. The holy man sent a message to the king of Israel, watch out when you are passing this place because Aram has set and ambush here, ambush there. So the king of Israel sent word concerning the place of which the holy man had warned him. This kind of thing happened all the time. The king of Aram was furious over all this. He called his officers together and said, Tell me, who is leaking information to the king of Israel? Who is the spy in our ranks? But one of his men said, No, my master, dear king, it's not any of us. It's Elijah the prophet in Israel. He tells the king of Israel everything you say, even what you whisper in your bedroom. The king said, Go and find out where he is. I will send someone and capture him. The report came back. He is in Dothan. Then he dispatched horses and chariots, an impressive fighting force. They came by night and surrounded the city. Early in the morning, a servant of the holy man got up and went out. Surprise! Horses and chariots surrounding the city the young man exclaimed oh master what shall we do he said don't worry about it there are more on our side than on their side hallelujah then elijah prayed oh god open his eyes and let him see the eyes of the young man were opened and he saw a wonder the whole mountainside full of horses and chariots of fire surrounding Elijah. Men in the house under attack by the same, I'm sorry, a wonder. The whole mountainside full of horses and chariots of fire surrounding Elijah. And verse 18, when the Arameans attacked, Elijah prayed to God, Strike these people blind, and God struck them blind, just as Elijah said. Father, we thank you and praise you for these words that you have given us to meditate on, Lord. Father, we pray that the Holy Spirit guide me, strengthen me, that I may be able to speak your word to the people today. Strengthen us together, Father. Help us to receive from you today, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, Amen. God bless you. Praise Jesus.
Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. It is good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen? And when I think about the goodness of Jesus and all that he has done for me, my soul cannot help but shout hallelujah. If you got that testimony this morning, shout hallelujah with me. Praise you, Jesus. If you couldn't shout this morning, it's all right. Because I believe the Lord is going to open your eyes this morning so that you can spiritually see all his goodness and faithfulness. Hallelujah. You may think you are alone. You may be fearful. You may be surrounded by problem this morning. But I'm here to remind you that because of the goodness of Jesus, because of the goodness of Jesus, nothing, nothing can separate you from the undeserved, unmerited love of God. Hallelujah. No power, no principalities of this dark world, no illness, no attack from the enemy. For God is with us. Amen? Hallelujah. Isaiah chapter 41 verse 10 declares, Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. Hallelujah. I will strengthen you, and I will help you. Hallelujah. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. So before you leave today, I believe and pray that you will see God's very presence over your life. God's very presence over your situation. And God's very presence over your future. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, open your eyes. Can you see? Neighbor, can you open your eyes? Can you see? I hope you guys aren't sleeping today because they're probably going to wake you up. It says, open your eyes. Can you see? Hallelujah. How you perceive God tells a lot about your spiritual sight. In 2 Kings chapter 6, we, we read about two men. Under one roof, with the same situation, but two very different perceptions. Let me repeat that. We see under one roof, two men, one situation, but two very different perceptions. You see, it is possible for Christians in the same church to see one situation and have two very different perceptions. You see, your perception will affect your attitude and your attitude will affect your behavior and your behavior will affect your outcome. Two different perceptions. One same situation. 
My friends, your perception will affect your attitude, and your attitude will affect your behavior, and your behavior will affect your outcome. You see, spiritual perception, spiritual sight, spiritual vision is very important for us. It is important for us because if you're going to see and run and finish this race of, ahead of you, you need the spiritual vision. Hallelujah. How is your vision this morning? How are you guys feeling this morning? Can you see clearly? What do you see, I ask? What do you see? Hallelujah. In 2 Kings chapter 6, we read about two men in the same house under attack by the same impressive enemy, but with two very different perceptions. Verse 14 tells us that Elijah and his servant are surrounded by an impressive fighting force ready and armed to capture them. But why? Why does this large kingdom force come all the way to Dothan to attack Elijah and his servant? Why does the enemy want to attack this one particular home? What is so special about this one home? Why is there a large oppositional force sent your way? Why does the gates of hell try again and again to intimidate, to divide and fight against a growing church? Why? Verse 14 tells us that the king of Aram dispatched, commissioned horses and chariots, an impressive fighting force, they came by night, unexpected, and surrounded the city. They surrounded the whole city. But they weren't interested in the city of Dothan. They weren't interested in Elijah's home. But they were interested in capturing and destroying Elijah. A whole army, horses and chariots, all to capture one man. Why? You see, folks, names are very important to God. How many of you believe that? Names are very important to God. I love that the Bible has all sorts of unique names, all which carry a specific meaning. Names are very important. They are uniquely assigned and personal to the kingdom of God and his people. You see, after some early miscarriages with my wife, we named our firstborn Jaden, he's here, Hebrew, for God has heard our prayer. We named Benjamin for the son of my right hand. And when he was sick in the ICU as an infant, we cried out, like Jacob and Rachel saying, we did not name him Ben-Omni, meaning son of my pain, but named him Benjamin 
And we thank the Lord today because he is strong and healthy. Praise Jesus. We named Olivia, our only daughter, as an emblem of peace, bearing fruit and hope, and cause our Savior will return on Mount Olive. And our 25-week preview was named Ethan because we were reading Sam uh, chapter 89 that time, written by Ethan, the morning she went to, my, my wife went to labor, reminding us of God's steadfast love and faithfulness to all generations. So you see, friends, names are very powerful. And he called the first man Adam and the first woman Eve. He called Moses drawn out from the Nile. God even changed names when timings are appropriate. You shall no longer be Jacob, but Israel. Heaven declared in Matthew 121, she will give birth to a son and you are to name him Jesus. Hallelujah. Because he will save his people from their sins. Jesus saves. You see, names are significant in the Bible and for heaven. Amen? God ordained, even before Elijah was born, that his mother would call him Elijah, which means God saves. You see, I'm grateful for a God who not only knows my name, but one who knows my every thought and the one who calls me when I call. Elijah knows his purpose. Hallelujah. You see, Elijah the great prophet is just a foreshadowing of Jesus. The greatest of all prophets. Elijah's ministry was remarkable. Doing things that no prophet who had come before him had ever done. And Jesus would do them to even a greater degree. Elijah's name in Hebrew means God saves. Hallelujah. His ministry points to the unique saving power of God. The enemy surrounded the city of Dothan. Not because they wanted Dothan. Not because they wanted the house of Elijah. Not because they were interested in Elijah's house. They surrounded the household of Elijah. Not because they were interested in his servant. They surrounded Elijah because Elijah carried the testimony of his name. God saves. Hallelujah. He believed in a God who saved. And he preached the saving power of God and acted according to the instructions of heaven to go and save the people of Israel. Brothers and sisters, you and I carry the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. You and I carry the name of Jesus. We carry the Spirit of God within us that testifies to a dying world that we have a God who saves. We preach to the world God saves. 
As a church, you and I have a spirit within us that says, greater is he that is in us than that of the world. Hallelujah. We are the messengers of the great commission. How many of you believe that? We are the messengers of the great commission. Hallelujah. We are the prophets, the prayer warriors, the intercessors, and the light of the world that was ordained before time to make an impact on this world by proclaiming Jesus. Hallelujah. So it is no wonder that Satan would send out a large, impressive force to attack. If you are in the kingdom building business, if you are a church about to conquer new additional territory like you never expanded before, or if you are a person about to be launched into a mission, you can expect a roaring lion looking to devour. The king of Aram wanted to attack the kingdom of Israel. But every time this king would step out with a plan, his plan would be foiled or destroyed. His plans are thwarted. So the king of Aram became, he became very furious and called his board members, his counselors, his administrators for a meeting. He thinks this is impossible. There is a leak. Who is the person on my team who is leaking the information to the king of Israel? Who is the spy among us? In verse 12, the men replied, the men, his men said, No, my master, dear king, it's not any one of us. It's Elijah the prophet in Israel. He tells the king of Israel everything you say, even what you whisper in your bedroom. Can you imagine that? What could be accomplished if we had spirit-filled men and women who would sit in the presence of God to the change the course of a nation, to fight battles in prayer, to break bonds through worship, to speak and command the power of God over situations. You see, it's not a coincidence, and I'm sure a lot of you felt this way. It's not a coincidence that your mother questions about where you were and what you're doing after she sits in prayer. How did she know something was wrong? Who told her? Is there a leak? Why was there a prayer meeting scheduled the same time I was invited to go somewhere I don't belong? Is there someone watching my every move? Why is pastor's message talking about gaming addiction, pornography, and drinking? Who told him? How did he, did he know I am questioning my faith and suffering from spiritual blindness? Satan is looking for the leakers. I thank God for the Elijahs in this church who can thwart the plans of the enemy. Amen. Hallelujah. O king of Aram, it's not one of our men. It's that prophet in Dothan. He 
bears the name Elijah, meaning God saves. He testifies God saves. He can hear what you say even in your bedroom. So the king of Aram tells his impressive army, go. Go as a large impressive army. Take all your weapons. In fact, take the horses and the chariots and surround him. I want him. Go get him. Go get the one who has been praying. Go get that worshiper. Go get the one who prophesies. Go get that faith builder. Go get that encourager. Go get that visionary. Go get that preacher. Go get the one who dares to thwart my plan. I don't need you to capture the king of Israel. I need you to capture the intercessor, Elijah. Because if I can capture Elijah, then I can capture Israel. In a matter of one night, Elijah and his servants, they are surrounded. Folks, what do you do when you have done everything you can, everything you can to serve the Lord faithfully, and you become surrounded? What do you do when you are surrounded by sickness? You are surrounded by depression and anxiety. You are surrounded by jealousy. You are surrounded by financial stress. You are surrounded by addiction. You are surrounded by the threat of failure. You are surrounded by problems in your marriage or with your children. You are surrounded by dividers and troublemakers at work, at home, or in your church. What do you do? What do you do when your Dothan is surrounded? You see, Dothan is significant. And do you know where else in the Bible Dothan is mentioned? Joseph. Joseph, when he told his brothers about the vision he received from God, was surrounded by his brothers in Dothan. And he was thrown into a pit. And that's where he cried. Joseph cried, God, help me. It was in Dothan that Joseph was sold into slavery and brought to Egypt. But praise be to God, because Joseph knew he was not alone, thought he looked alone and surrounded, he was able to testify in Genesis 50, verse 21, it reads, As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. Hallelujah. God meant it, it for good to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. What Satan meant for evil against Jesus, God turned it 
for good. Hallelujah. We serve our Savior who was crucified so that he can say, it is finished. The battle is won. Hallelujah. So that our transgressions could be buried, our wounds could be healed, so we can have the peace of reconciliation, so that he can testify a living, resurrected Savior and proclaim eternal life as ambassadors of the King of Kings and proclaim Romans 8.28 with faith. And we know that all things work together for good to, to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. Hallelujah. O king of Aram, you may have meant evil for me, but no weapon formed against me shall stand. The gates of hell will not prevail. I have been called for a purpose, and no one and no power can thwart the purpose of God concerning me, concerning my family, concerning my church. In Jesus' name, amen. The only one that is going to leave confused, anxious, and in panic is the enemy. Hallelujah. I'm not going to panic. You may have me surrounded, but I have my spiritual eyes open this morning. Hallelujah. I'm going to open my eyes and look back at all his goodness and praise the Lord. I am going to look at the rock I stand upon and praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I am going to look to the one who holds my future. Devil, you meant for me to panic this morning, but I am going to praise. Hallelujah. You got your peace all messed up. I praise and you panic. We got to open the eyes of some panickers in the church today. We have too many panickers and not enough preachers, prayer warriors, and praisers. We may be facing a battle, but this battle belongs to the Lord. Hallelujah. Do I hear a hallelujah? Praise you, Jesus. Elijah's servant woke up that morning to go and eat his pancakes and drink his coffee and meditate. He opens the curtains and surprise, what does he see? He sees soldiers, chariots surrounding the city. So what does he do? He's in the house and he panics. You cannot be in the house of God participating and serving the church yet not have your eyes open to all that God wants you to see. He panics. The Bible states that the disciples were in the same boat as Jesus while Jesus was sleeping. And yet when the storm arose, what did they do? They panicked. And they woke up Jesus and said, Master, what do we do? 
Jesus said, O ye of little faith, you woke me up for this? Why are you panicking? I am in the boat with you. Why are you panicking? You see, the servant sees the army and shouts, Oh, master, what shall we do? I love Elijah's response, and I want everyone in the church to look at verse 16. He said, Don't worry about it. There are more on our side than on their side. <laughs> Praise you, Jesus. Don't worry about it. There are more on our side than on their side. Elijah's servant must have been thinking, this man is crazy. It's only you and me here. I don't see anybody else. The majority is over there, hundreds with weapons, horses, and chariots. What are you talking about? We are alone here. The odds are against us. The servant panicked. But look at what Elijah does. Folks, this is key. If you are going to be victorious, the servant panics, but Elijah prays. The servant panics, but Elijah prays. In fact, he prays three prayers. Do you know what was his first prayer in this death and life situation? It was not a prayer against the enemies. It was a prayer for someone already in his house. It was a prayer for his servant. A prayer for a weakness from within. This morning as a church, if we are going to break any ground, if we are going to fight against any enemy, we first need pray that our faith may be increased. Hallelujah. We need to pray that our spiritual eyes are opened. We need to tell the panickers, relax. Greater is he that is in us than that of the world. Relax. Pray and open your eyes. Relax. Pray and open your eyes. Elijah, in verse 17, prayed over the servant, and his eyes were opened, and he saw a wonder. What did he see? The whole mountainside full of horses and chariots of fire surrounding Elijah. You see, folks, when the king of Aram sent an army, he sent horses and chariots. But when the king of kings sent an army, he doesn't just send horses. He doesn't just send chariots. But he sent 
chariots of fire. He sent chariots of fire. There is nothing that the Holy Ghost fire cannot do for you this morning. Praise God. This morning, God wants to open some eyes of faith. He wants you to see the truth. Your problem is no match for our God. You may be surrounded by problems, surrounded by sickness, surrounded by situations of financial stress, but you and your problem is surrounded by an almighty, omniscient, omnipresent, omnipotent God. Hallelujah. You may be surrounded by problems this morning. But rest assured, the Holy Ghost fire, the chariots of fire is surrounding us. Make no mistake. Open your eyes of faith. Psalms 34, 7 through 10 states, The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him, and he delivers them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his savings, for those who fear him, Lack nothing. In verse 18, we see that all those who came with a specific strategy to destroy Elijah were led away in confusion by Elijah himself. Folks, this is the power of the God we serve. Hallelujah. The Spirit of the Lord wants to remind you that you are not alone. He who has begun a good work within you will bring it to completion for his glory. His purpose remains. His promise is true. In Jesus' name, open your eyes. The battle is his. Will you turn your panicking into prayer? Will you turn your panicking into praise this morning? Will you, pan will you turn your panicking into proclamation of God's eternal goodness? Father, we just submit the church into your hands, Lord. We pray that your Holy Ghost fire surround the folks, surround the situations, surround the difficulties. Father, we pray that they are able to understand that you are in control. Open our eyes, Lord, this morning. Let us see your face. Let us see the power of God deal with us in our difficulties. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. May God bless you.